I'm Justin Smith of Palmetto Coast Exotics. And I'm Phil Wolf of the Nefris Initiative. You're listening to Snakes and Stogies. The only podcast dedicated to fine tobacco. All things reptile related. And the people who love them. As part of the Repetoculture Network. Did you watch Doug a lot as a kid? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Skater. (laughs) And those pesky nematodes. Remember those nematodes? I don't remember those. Oh, they'll get you. The nematodes of the lake. They'll find you and they'll get you. Look at that. There's Middleton, the man who just beat me in the, the quiz. So uh, there's a live show going on right now for Reptile Fight Club, and they did this awesome quiz deal, which we should totally adopt. All right. <laughs> um, and yeah, and me and Andy were were head to head. I was I lost by by one question, so he won oh. a shirt. But it was cool. It was fun. Nice. It was neat. Good stuff. Bill doesn't have his hat. I don't. My hair is crazy too. So <clears throat> it's been a long day. It's been a very long day, and I'm exhausted. But I'm here, hatless. But I'm here. Yeah, we will have to figure that out and do it. And I really like. I want to dig dig deep as far as questions go. Yeah, I want to. Well, was it like like? natural history questions was it was it? it was like a mix of like stuff about the podcast and then like herp questions okay well that's cool man i'm i'm digging it gendra says we should adopt it they so. were in third place middleton <laughs> <It was laughs> me gendra nice i love it but they were they were number one for a hot minute too like for like half the questions so that's awesome. That's good stuff, man. Good stuff. The, the one that killed me was two Ataras. What, what was the question? How many uh, hemipenes do they have? And the answer is zero. I put two. Zero would have been my next guess, knowing how weird those things are. Right, right. I put two because I was like, why would it be anything otherwise? And it's like, of course they don't have anything. They're freaking aliens, man. They're from another, another planet. Those things are not yep. human. Yep. I feel like Tuataras are the aliens that were content living where they found a good homestead, but the octopus, those guys were like, we're just going to colonize the whole planet. It's like Prometheus, man. Oh, yeah. They were here long before us. They'll be here longer than we will. Yep. How wild would it be to see a Tuatara? It would be pretty awesome. In situ. Like, that would be... Yeah. It'd be like being in a freaking time machine and you're literally in the time of dinosaurs. Legit. What are you wait well hold on a second? We're getting ahead we of gotta, ourselves. We gotta start the show, man. Good lord. To start. I was this about snakes, to I was about snakes, to stop you. St- 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 snakes and stogies episode number one nineteen brought to you by Blackbox Cage Blackbox <laughs> Like hitting the microphone and shit. 
Check them out on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Order you a rack, order you a cage. I freaking love mine. I need more racks from them, actually. Like I'm I'm looking at my room. I'm looking at what's what's growing out, what babies, you know, eggs and stuff that I got in the incubator now. And I'm like, there's a deficit here. We gotta we gotta fix this. I need well, at least another V seventy six stack and I need at least another XR twenty, maybe a sixteen. Probably a twenty, just because might as well get the the extra space. Oh yeah. So, uh, check them out. Awesome stuff. We love them. They're great people. Uh, and then Puget Sound Pythons. Check them out as well. Facebook and Instagram. The awesome folks. Uh, Jeff and Kendra. The so, Kendra. I am reloaded. I am smoking a Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Umbagog. Umbagog, which is well, Dunbarton. I've talked to you about it before, but it's like Dunbarton sort of everyday smoke. So this is the same wrapper that's on the Mike Rita. The difference is, is the ones that they use for this, they're not as pretty visually. So mm. the ugly wrappers go to Umbagog. Pretty ones go to Mike Rita. How many, blend. how many people try and pronounce Umbagog and it comes out all kinds of wonky? Not that many. Oh, okay. Of course, most people just pick it up and 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 go like, "What's this?" And then I'm like, "Oh, it's a Numbagog, which is a lake up. He's in like uh, New Hampshire, I think, is where they're based out of. And I guess Lake Umbagog is up that way somewhere. Nice. I don't. I'm I not a veterinarian. That. I don't know. But you did stay at a Holiday Express last night. That's right. <laughs> Paired with a bang key lime pie. Ooh. Ooh. Dude, it's like Savage. legit one of the best flavors. At first, I was I was like, eh. But it's actually really good. I think lime vanilla would probably be a better description. But lime vanilla. Kind of like a lime vanilla, yeah. Well, so let me ask you this. Have you ever had the rose flavored? Yeah. So I the rose the rose ones are all right. All right, so one of my coworkers, his fiance is a bang rep. Um, what? Yes. Come on. Whoa, Carly Jones. Oh my goodness, is that a ghost? It's 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 the ghost of Carly Jones. Do my <laughs> do my eyes deceive me? Not to be confused with the ghost of Tom Jones. Um. I got it's such a rare occasion to see Carly's name pop up there that I was I literally got stumbled in my words. Uh, what were we even talking about? Someone who's a bang rep, and I oh, yes, the bang rep, the bang rep. So, after you gave me my first bang in Daytona, uh, I'm still shaking by the way. Those amino acids they cut you to the core, uh, not actually, it was metaphor. So I was I told when I came back from Daytona and I had it, I told my coworker and he's like, Oh yeah, man, you gotta drink bangs on ice. That's what all the real like bodybuilders really, really cold. Well, if they're same. not if they're not super cold, they don't taste the same. They do need I will my palate is sensitive and they have to be cold. So he tells me, he's like, Look, man, all the bodybuilders and like the weight training guys, they all put it on ice and then they sip it casually because the, the ice keeps it chill and it dilutes it. Yeah. Waters it <clears> down <throat> a little bit. Right. 
So, uh, and I, I tried a couple of flavors and I did it on ice and, and it worked. It was great for me. And like, I'm a caffeine junkie. So it's not the caffeine or taurine that does it. It's got to be the amino acids. Um, and uh, hello. Hey, Anna Maria, love of my life. I thought I, I thought that was me. Uh, it's a different kind of love, buddy. So oh. anyway, uh, I'd start putting the bang on ice, right? And then he brings in cans from time to time and like throws like you know a six pack in the fridge at work, whatever, for us to all partake. And he had this one that was said rose on it, rose. And I was yeah, like, rose. I was like, rose. I was like, uh, I'll try it. It's probably fruity, whatever. And it was absolutely delicious. Yeah, and it's I, not bad. It's not my favorite. But... And I, I didn't convulse in my day. Bang will not make you shake. Well. I did not twitch. I didn't convulse. I didn't have an elevated blood pressure. This is like the third one I've had today. I go to sl- I sleep like a baby. Like That's I will literally you- finish this, and I will. Go- I can drink one and literally take a nap right afterwards. Anyway, so I tell him, "Hey, man, I drank one of those rose ones, and it was del- it was fantastic, and I felt great. It was delicious." He goes, "Yeah, those are specifically for the Canadian market because they're not allowed to put as much." caffeine and shit in it in canada so it's it's like a watered down version and that's probably why you liked it so much and i was like those canucks are up to something man they know what they're doing how do they live up there uh i don't understand cold they can't do nothing fun well i'm gonna message Fadi and uh tell him to send me some some rosé well before we jump into things, I have to remind everybody, we have this May 2022 raffle going on, and y'all are just missing out on this. We've got a handful of people that are already in it. My nose itches. Hold on a second. Feel free to scratch it. Live on hair, air. I got hair in my mouth, all kinds of stuff. I'm all, I'm all over the place. You're squatching. So, I know you hate this font. The link color, I, I couldn't well, figure out how it's to fix because it. The, it. No, no, it would be great if it was like not a white background. Yeah, and you told me that, but I was like, look, yeah. if I have to go through, if I change this, then I have to change all the font settings and stuff like that, and I just wasn't willing to go through and hunt it down because this theme is kind of a nightmare. It does the job. Uh, so we talked about this last week. It is now up. Uh, we have three awesome raffles for the month of May. Man, All benefiting snake. Asclepius Snakebite Foundation. The sort of the top prize we have uh, is a low expression female red coastal carpet from Eric Hernandez at Basuka's Ectotherms. Smoking. Uh, these are the parents. So, mom, dad, like that's going to be a good looking snake. <laughs> Absolutely. Like Eric produces the best reds in the country. I, I will fight anybody on that. Um, Got plenty of slots still open, as you can see here. Uh, so hit us up there. If you go, I guess I should post the link. Yeah, add it in the show notes, too. Yeah, I usually do. Um, I don't want to post it everywhere. Because StreamYard will have a, a stroke if I post it in all the different places the show is at right now. Yeah. Um, so all the rules and everything as far as what you need to do um, are right there before you even get to the bit at the top of the page. So read those. Get you some slots. Uh, we have this 
awesome snakes and stogie cigar band tumbler that comes with a lid and straw and it comes with a little skeleton head deal that goes on the straw too which is like 3d printed or uh, it's like a it's not like a 3d, 3D printed, but resin yeah it's like a, a cast resin sugar skull it's pretty awesome yeah and it keeps uh, your straw from bouncing around and it's a big it's a big tumbler man yeah i use I'm, i mean mine's not that big yours isn't that big but I use mine every night. It's right next to my bed, and that ice is still in there in the morning. I believe uh, it. So that those are actually the spots on that one are filling up quick. There's really only a handful left for for the cup. Uh, and then Gendra of Puget Sound Pythons are putting up a 12 count of powder orange powder orange isopods, a gallon of oak leaves, gallon bag of oak leaves, and then four magnal four. Oh my god, am I having a stroke? Four magnolia seed pods donated by Puget Sound Pythons. So, lots of slots there, too. We got some people that jumped in. So, we're going to be drawing on, assuming we're doing a show Memorial Day, that is when we will be drawing things. Is Phil frozen? Am I talking to myself? Can anybody hear me? Hello. I'm so lonely. Oh God. Phil. What happened? I don't know. Did I freeze up or did you freeze up? My whole screen, like the StreamYard screen went blank with just the swirly thing in the middle. Oh. So and oh, okay. I, I just muted myself and uh and kept it going. So oh, okay. I was good. They could I, I didn't hear up. you. I didn't hear or see anything. It it was it just blacked me out. So but we're back. We're good. I was stumbling over my my words. Uh yeah. So please check that out. Um like I said, I don't think you caught it, but assuming we're doing a show on Memorial Day, which is the last Monday of the month, on the thirtieth. That is when we will be doing the drawing. So plenty of time to get your slots bought. Uh, we're doing Fill it on up. the we're doing it on the website because we don't have to worry about Facebook and Zuckerberg and his little shenanigans, you know, puppet mastering groups and stuff like that. So just makes it a little easier. And um, yeah, I mean, we've got almost four hundred dollars raised so far still. So we That's would fantastic. like to we would like to add lots more of that. Yeah, um, shipping is going to be provided for the carpet. Uh, Reptiles Express was kind enough to help us out and get that shipped to whoever wins it. Um, awesome. We're always awesome people. We I use Reptiles Express. You know, they're not even like a sponsor, but I swear by them. They're who I've been using for years. The best prices on shipping, in my opinion, in my experience. Um, and they, they do all the work for you, man. They they, they check yeah, the yeah. flights. They check the weather. They make sure the temps are good, you know. It's a no-brainer, man. They do a hell of a job. The mics. Yeah. The, uh, what's... And uh, Gendra says that they will cover the shipping on the ISOs as well. So thank you, Gendra. What's been happening over the last week? Well, uh, let me clear my throat. Excuse me. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I got the black lung pop. Um, 
I uh, nothing really crazy on my end. Um, should I talk about the Gerbil Tail incident? Sure. Yeah. So, as we all know, we keep exotic animals, and sometimes things don't go as planned. Whether it be husbandry you have to alter your tactics, or it is breeding, or it is you know neonate children rearing, whatever you want to call it. Um, you have to adapt, you have to overcome, and you have to play the cards that are dealt. So for those of you who know me pretty well, you know that the genus family, whatever you want to call it, of Cordillidae is one of my all-time favorites. And over the years, my friend Marcus and I have kept several different species and genus over the years. Um, but the only ones I really keep now is uh, Cordillus rhodesianus, which is the Rhodesian or Zimbabwean girdle tail. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, I started off with two pair. And from one pair, I got confirmed photographs of copulation and no production. From another pair, I got three babies. Took me five years to get them established and had three babies. And those babies got separated and they're reared on their own. They're three years old now. That shortly after they were born, dad passed away. No idea how old dad was. I had him for the five years and he, you know, had a great life. And who knows? He could have been geriatric for all I know. Well, I recently brought the other two in after cooling and cycling and feeding and all that jazz. I brought the other two in to that lone female that was the proven breeder in hopes that there would be some female combat uh, to instigate breeding with, with the male and basically give the male the menage a trois he's always dreamed of. Um, the minute I put the mail in, he ran for the hills and hid because, uh, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, the Cordillas group of lizards are, uh, is it patriarchal where the, where the, where the woman is the Ma leader? matriarchal matriarchal, excuse me, matriarchal. Um, it's a matriarchal colony group, whatever it may be. And there's always an alpha female that kind of runs the show. And I was expecting to see some female combat, uh, I was expecting to see some biting, some tail nipping. You know, I expected to see a little bit of blood, a little bit of fighting. But I was not prepared for the elaborate threat displays and defense displays that these lizards gave off. It was breathtaking to the point where actually I stopped and like I was awestruck at the two of them duking it out that I didn't even think to get my phone out to record it for for, you know, the archives. And very, very impressive. They, they puff their bodies up. They arch their back very much like a stiletto snake. Um, and they curl their tails to the side. And they have these crazy, spiky, gnarly, spiky tails. And, uh, and they basically nip at each other. And the goal is to get the other one to not bite you, but bite your tail. Because the tail is armored. And obviously, it's way more durable. And they did this for a little bit. I let them do it. And then when I saw that there was a little bit of blood, I was like, you know what? And I went in there with my hand to scare them and they broke off. And a little while later, they did it again. A little while later, they did it again. And they're diurnal, so they sleep all night. So when I went to bed, they were asleep. Mm -hmm. The boys still hiding in the grass, of course. And the next morning, you know, I'm eating my breakfast and I hear the, <laughs> you know, and I look and they're duking it out again. A little bit of blood, a little bit of rolling. It's and Hannibal Lecter in the corner. Those threat displays, right? Billy, hold on a second. Billy Jiggins, am I picking your numbers? Bar twice if you're in Milwaukee. 
That's how I just had to ask him that. Carry on. Proceed with the chlorophyll. So it was at that point that I realized that one of the girls was getting her ass handed to her. So I separated them and I put her in her own exoterra. Sorry, I got a horrible frog in my throat tonight. Really strong. Um, I know, I know. I don't know why. And uh, I'll be honest, this chokes me up to be to metaphorically and physically. So uh, I separated them. And upon further examination, she really got her ass kicked. Um, the, I couldn't see any broken bones. I mean, obviously, I don't have an x-ray. Uh, but like, you know, touching limbs, moving. She had full mobility. She was just wiped out. She had some puffy face, had some blood mm -hmm. around her mouth. I couldn't really tell, <clears throat> excuse me, if that was her blood or the other one's blood. And um, and then I wound up monitoring her, and the next day she died. And I was not expecting it. It, it didn't – I don't know if she had organ issues, if she had internal bleeding. I don't know if she had a broken bones on the inside. She could have had a broken back. I have no idea, but uh, it just goes to show you that when pairing animals, you really need to monitor them and watch what's going on and be mindful that things can happen. And you don't expect it with a cute little lizard. You know what I mean? Dude, the, me. the, the brutality of some of these, even like the small species of it. Yeah. Like anything like the brutality of, of some of these species is just unbelievable. Like that's mother nature, man. Just yeah. Non-caring, all business, just business. You know, just it's crazy, man. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I think that had I pulled her out the first night and kind of gave her a night off and like kind of let her chill for a little bit, maybe even given her like a week off and just slowly acclimated her back in, things would have been okay. Um, I think she's, she's got her ass kicked, man, and it yeah. sucks, you know? And the worst part is like you, you, think she's, you think they're fine. You know, they look totally fine. They act totally fine. Um, she was – when I – would grab her she tried to bite me so like there's clearly a uh she's cognizant there's an energy right. there and uh and then she she passed away and uh the just the tenacity was incredible and like i'm torn because here i have an animal that i've been for lack of a better word coddling for five six seven, like almost eight years and in 24 hours because i introduced a cage mate gone so it's a major uh kick in the shins but we still have three three-year-olds to raise up still still got some time left on them and i still have the other pair so uh her genes were carried on and uh hopefully we can get some action in the future and keep the diversifying the gene pool in this little group that i've got and if anyone else out there has any i'd love to pick your brain and and commiserate and uh but yeah it's Pain been is a, a master yeah it's it was it's been a rough week for for lizards for me 100 percent. so and tonight i come home from work and i've been running the incubator because i got gecko eggs on the horizon the friggin' incubator i get home 71 why and i'm like what the heck why is it at 71 so i turn fuse? it off what's that did it blow a fuse your thermostat or whatever i have no idea so i turned the whole thing off gave it like 10 minutes turned it back on it said 69 was the temp and i was like all right it's like room temp and uh and then gave it like three hours 
still at 71. So in the next week, I got to figure something out. Like or a hover beta or something? No, it's one of those Exoterra oh, glass okay. door ones, you know? So, yeah, yeah that's uh, that's been my week in a nutshell. But how Who was, was it? We just had someone on that was talking about hover baiters and using it, like cranking them, I think, all the way, like as far as the little wrench. Okay. Cranking that all the way, but having it plugged into a thermostat. Oh, interesting which i had never thought of but that's a genius thing like hubbaters yeah. do legitimately work like they yeah, are they're, great they're little incubators classics when you're dealing with more sensitive stuff like chondro eggs and whatnot it's it's you're really really rolling the dice in terms of like reliability and stuff like that but yeah yeah i've never used those uh those exoteras so well so and that's the thing everyone always tells me they're they're arf and uh not last year because i didn't i didn't produce anything last year but the year before I had it at 84 or 85. I can't remember. And uh, for 90 days straight and it didn't hiccup once. And like I was checking it, you know, so mm -hmm. I mean, it's old. It could just be full of dust, you know? Yeah. Knows? that's. I have found like if it's anything like the wine coolers and stuff, those fans, if they get any sort of clogged up over time with dust and stuff, they really don't handle yeah. that well. Yeah. So I don't know. I I made like I took a wine cooler and converted it, and that thing's been awesome. Good to hear. So Good to hear. I would eventually like to get something more made for that. Uh, yeah, something a little maybe not so deep and a little taller. Um, so I don't know. Well, in time, right now it does it. It does the job. So yeah, I, 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 to a uh, a herp stat and that the, I really. I like those herp stats a lot. That's kind of my, I like those over the, the, the very electronics ones, but yeah, the, uh, my, my contingency plan, if the thing does take a crap on me and I get eggs out of nowhere, um, I have an extra, I have two extra drawers in a colubrid rack that's at 84. So I'm just, honestly, I'm just going to deli them in there and cross my fingers. So until I figure out what I'm going to do. And Billy yeah. was kind enough to say that he has a uh, a hova if I can if I need it, so that'll be good. I mean, I, I don't even know if like any of my shops around me still carry them. I don't even know. You can still buy them on Amazon and stuff. Oh yeah, well then maybe probably, I'll just do that. You can probably still go to Tractor Supply and buy one. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have those down there, right? Uh, the closest one's like an hour away. So. Oh. Okay. Yeah, but it be but it'd be worth it, you know. Yeah. So. Love me a Tractor Supply <clears throat> boy. So I, uh, because you had posted earlier about your pipe, I, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to smoke some pipe tonight. That sounded horrible. <laughs> All right. Hindsight. I mean, I'm not going to have this as pink. Let's, yeah, let's, let's change this. Yeah. yeah. Turn. So uh, I realized I came home and I have a separate humidor that is full of different uh pipe tobacco that i've gathered from friends and people over the years um and then i went to go get my my actual good mahogany pipe and i forgot that almost two years ago i had taken my pipe my pipe tool and well as some tobacco to my cousin's new condo and he was like hey man i got this new patio come over you know we'll, we'll, we'll smoke on the patio and blah 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 and it's on the third floor and it's concrete steps all the way to the top. Right. 
and I had all kinds of crap in my hands and that mahogany pipe, if I didn't, uh, it slipped right out of my fingers and went clack, 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 all the way down two flights of steps and didn't crack until it hit the sidewalk concrete and the stems snapped right off. Yeah, it's never it's never the actual bowl itself. It's almost always the stem, just yep. because you know stems are either made of acrylic yep. or vulcanite or you know all kinds. There's those are those are usually the thing that that breaks on those because if you think about it, like pipes typically are made from briar, which is like one of the hardest woods uh, made from briar root actually, but it's one of the hardest woods in the world. So okay. those things are built to last. Like you drop a, a um. Clint said you've got some sad yeah. stories tonight. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So if you drop a briar pipe, the likelihood of it damaging, aside from like maybe getting scuffed or something, is is pretty slim. Like these things are tough. I don't know about well, mahogany though. I don't know how how solid. Well, I mean, mahogany. I was told it was mahogany. Who the hell knows? Could have um, been pear wood or something. Yeah, it could have been. It was red mahogany color. What, uh, so when I went to go get it tonight, uh, clearly it wasn't there, and I was re reminded sadly. So tonight we are smoking out of the good old fashioned corn cob, Missouri Meerschaum boy. This one is a Missouri Meerschaum, Missouri Meerschaum. Yep, so and they, we do, are they do the job, man. Dunhill Royal Yacht. Nice. So, is that a flake? Yeah, and uh, it's super dry, so I'm probably not gonna like it. But we shall I keep, see. I keep all my tacos because I do have some pipes. I break them out very rarely. I, I smoked one of mine for the first time in a hot minute last uh, yesterday because I was out of cigars, and uh, I keep all my tobaccos in like mason jars, and there's some. I haven't opened them in like so many years that like when you open it, you hear like the suction of the air, like entering the jar. It's pretty wild. You're muted. There that's, you go. that's what I need to do. I need to get some of those, those jars you, from, the you can get store. a, yeah, you can go to Walmart yeah. and get like a 12 for like eight bucks and they're the perfect size. They hold like two ounces. No problem. So it's nice. It's just different. Like people ask me about pipes all the time. Like it's not bad. It's definitely not the same as far as cigars. Um, it is cheaper long term. So you know, once you get a pipe and all the stuff you need, it is much cheaper than cigars for the most part, depending on what kind of tobaccos you buy. Um, and it's just a different experience. It's a different tobacco entirely. Like a lot of the stuff for for like tobacco pipe tobacco is uh, grown in the states. You get some like Orientals and then you have stuff from like uh, like Syrian. So like your uh, Latakia and your stuff that's in the English blends, which is very smoky. Uh, you got your different kinds of flakes like like Phil is smoking there. You have different cuts on the tobacco that affect the flavor. There's all kinds of stuff that goes into it. It's uh, It's another wide world. I have one that's a uh, Peter Stoke could be it's pita uh, pistachio number 27. And that one is really freaking good. That sounds really good. It's so good, man. 
And surprisingly, as dry as this is, it's uh, it's holding temperature quite well, and it it's it's good. I'm I'm enjoying it. I didn't know I would have I would have smoked a pipe if I had known you were smoking a pipe. Well, the night is young, my friend. Feel free to go grab yours. But they're also like with my ones that I use for non-aromatic tobaccos. So your tobaccos that are just like straight Virginias, they're not like cherry or vanilla or any of the flavored stuff. Right. They're really good for finishing off cigars when you get down to that last little bit. So. Oh, yeah. And obviously, normally I would use a wood match. I would not use a big lighter, which is why I don't know if you guys notice I'm kind of trying to feather it a little bit, you know, so I'm not just drawing in straight lighter. Um, but I don't have any wood matches, so I'm I'm uber prepared tonight. You're just a living country song this evening. Drop my pipe, lizard died. Don't got white matches. Such is life. Yeah. Well, I woke up to a second corn clutch this morning. So the female ghost tessera that I have, that is from Chris Painshab that he's lent me. Uh, she laid 11 eggs this morning. Excellent. They all look really good. So I've got two clutches in the incubator now. Uh, the Dion's female is, she was in her, I, I was hoping she was going to lay last night because both her and that ghost tessera girl were in their lay boxes just hanging out. So they've been cruising like crazy. Excellent. So it's coming. I'm hoping maybe tonight's the night that she drops. We'll see. I'm I'm really curious to see how big that clutch is going to be, because um, she just she's she's so freaking gravid, man. It, it's almost painful to look at. Nice. Uh, so really anxious to see what happens there. Uh, Loma Alta Baird is in a shed cycle, so I'm pretty sure that's going to be a prelay. Um, other female that I paired with my hypo male Bairds, she's in a prelay. She's She's going to shed any day now. So Bairds are in the works. They're a little behind everyone else for whatever reason. Um, I got uh, another corn female that I've been trying to pair with the same male that produced with that ghost Tessera girl. For whatever reason, she's not having any of it. He's all about it, and she's just not giving it up. So they may just be a later a later pair. Um, how's, the, how's the weather been by you for breeding? It's been weird, at least the last, like, this weekend. So Thursday or Friday, it was, like, 90 degrees. And then literally the next day, we had, like, a front come through, and it's been, like, the high of 72. And then it's been, in like, the 60s in the morning. I think it was, like, 50-something this morning when I was walking at, like, 6 a.m. So it's been really, really bizarre, you know. Um, not a lot of rain, though. So okay. it's just, it's been, it's been odd. Like it's, it was stupid hot over the week. And then this weekend it was actually pretty, pretty chilly, like hoodie weather. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, at least you got some action going on in, in, in some regards. So I, uh, I paired up more geckos and, uh, <laughs> it's so crazy, man. Some of the girls are just like, no, get out of yeah. here. No. And then, uh, I have one that. Uh, I have my one with a regen tail, my one proven breeder female with a regen tail. And it's so funny because she's such a bitch. <laughs> but I put the male in there and they're like, they're buddies. And they're like, they're like, hang out. And there's no, I didn't see any copulation. I didn't see any courtship. I didn't see any peacocking. They literally just like look at each other and like, 
What's up? You want a cricket? You want to come take a nap under this log with me? Yeah, let's go chill. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll keep eyes on her because obviously I didn't watch them all night. But uh, I just think it's hilarious how she's the one that at when you go to the bathroom at 2 in the morning, you hear. You know what I mean? That dum 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 because she's biting the tub trying to kill you oh. at 2 in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, and I've had the, so those blood reds haven't produced anything yet either. Um, I've put the male in with the female like four times now. I just separated them yesterday, and they were all cu- cuddled up together in her hide. So hopefully something happens there. That would be nice if they don't go. That's okay too. Thorn scrubs. I've kind of I, Chris thinks those are just they need to go later in the season. So I don't know if I'll even bother trying to pair them up again. I need to talk to him about them because honestly, that space I need for corn snakes and the thorn scrubs are awesome. I like them, but getting to that point where it's like, God, I have space for the stuff that I'm really yeah. wanting to uh, to focus on. So, um, yeah, Clint asks, how does weather affect captive breeding? And Billy hit it on the head. Uh, humidity, temps, barometric pressure. Those are all the main triggers, especially for your tropical species when you have like storms coming through thunderstorms and stuff that's usually a really good time to put stuff together because those uh those pressure drops really get the males going so oh yeah oh yeah yeah i was gonna put some serastes together and uh i just wasn't seeing i wasn't seeing the reaction i wanted and i don't think i cooled them enough so if i get another good low pressure coming through i'll probably throw some together um if not, I'll, I'm just gonna wait till next year, man. I got all the time in the world. Has anybody bred those? Oh yeah, those? oh yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not as prevalent in the United States, and the few folks that have in the U.S. babies usually just get given to friends and swapped around. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a project that Marcus and I have wanted to do for a really long time. So we're gonna next year, like everything will be established full. I mean, we've had them. It'll be a year in July. So. Which is yeah. crazy, you know. Yeah, it's I felt like quick. yesterday. Yeah. So uh well, I'm gonna really cool stuff next next season and uh and really mess with temps and hydration and that kind of thing. And we'll see what happens. So. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Like uh, those in particular, and that's sort of in terms of like captive breeding and stuff. Those that like a species like that in particular is what really interests me is like, what are their triggers? Because you don't get the benefit of, of, yeah, you get temperature swings, you know, barometric pressures and stuff. It's kind of a joke when you're dealing with something that lives in well, the I, desert. To be honest, I mean, just from my small amount of homework that I've done, I really feel like it is a constant temp drop simulating winter and, and high breeze, high airflow. I really do feel that like, you know, once uh, once the cooler, the winds of winter, so to speak, mm-hmm. have slowly exited and now you're getting into the the higher humidity and higher temperatures of spring right before the blistering hot heat of summer. I think that's that's the crucial thing. Well, what's the difference in the nighttime lows between like surface of the sun season versus winter? Anywhere from 15 to 30 degrees. So it'll be, you know, it'll be 98 during the day with, Mm -hmm. you know, 8% humidity. And then it'll be 60 at night with, you know, 15% humidity. Right. So, I mean, let me, uh, here, I'll look at it right now. I've got, I think I got Luxor on my weather app. 
just because that was the most remote city with consistent, you know, yeah, yeah. patterning. So right now it is, it is like three in the morning for them and it's 77 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's like hot season. Like they're in like summer more or less. Oh, he froze up again. Damn it. Phil. This liquor store punch tastes like I need to do better. It's like Tahitian treat with some vodka. Gonna have all the corns. Corns and beards. Am I frozen or is Phil frozen again? Just me. Cool. Welcome to my garage. Do you see my nice collection of spare wood and light diffuser? Hmm. It would be really cool if those blood reds went. I would like that very much. But I need to... Hey, there's Bill. Bill Bradley. I need to get I need to get my, my rack situation situated. I don't know what happened, man. My internet's kicking out of me. Uh, so I showed off my, my plywood collection. What? I showed off my plywood collection while you were gone. Oh, very nice, very nice. I hear you're stacking. I don't I don't even know why we have that. Pretty sure it's <laughs> mostly trash. Well, so just looking at the the ballpark temperatures for Luxor this week, so looks like Wednesday is going to be the biggest swing. No, Thursday. So Thursday will be a high of a hundred no, Friday Saturday is going to be the high. Saturday is going to be a high of 114 degrees Fahrenheit with a low of 79 at night. So, and then uh, it'll be 71 at night on Wednesday with a high of 101. New and as of right now, because it's three in the morning, they're at 20% humidity. So, weather apps are awesome, man. The future is now. Huh. So, I want some freaking coleonics, man. Well, get some. After seeing after seeing those brevis that that John found and Chris got, like, oh yeah. I just I just want a pair. They'd be so cool to have. I don't. I'm not particularly stoked about having to do fruit flies again, but I think some of those. Peanut beetle. You, you don't have to do fruit flies, man, dude. Like, what's what's the next size up from pinheads? Small. No, I think it's. I don't. Is I it don't one eighth? I think yeah. it's one eighth. Whatever the next the size up from pinheads is, the hundred percent babies could eat that. I'm convinced. I've never I mean, that's them, what I, but... I thought of is like 
I would assume they'd have to get they'd ha- they'd have to be able to handle something slightly larger. Like they'd have to be able to tackle something that has a little bit of size on it because they can't be particularly exclusive to just tiny, tiny stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you always figure that it's going to be at least at a at a maximum the width of their head, you know? Bean beetles and rice flour beetles. There you Henry go. wants to know what app you're using. Oh, just the normal app, uh, just the normal uh, iPhone weather app. You know, the little wet weather with the cloud app, whatever the hell they call it. It is called Weather. Thank you, Apple. How original. Yeah, how original. <laughs> but yeah, I just I use that just to give me a ballpark. And uh, right now it, it has obviously my location. I have clues in Florida because that's where we do most of our herping locally. I've got Townsville, Queensland. Shout out to my boy Elliot. Um, Luxor, Ovada Airport, which is in um, uh, wow, south of the Negev. Uh, Kogstad, Mokom Zombie uh, Wilderness Area, which is uh, South Africa in KwaZulu-Natal, Mui River, which is in KwaZulu-Natal, and Vumba, which is Mozambique border. With uh, uh, Vumba. So those are like the the things I really focus on because I've got um, Luxor is specifically for the Serastes because I was told that they were field collected approximately 150 to 100 miles south of Cairo on the Nile. And then not again. He froze again. Speaking of the Nile, if you haven't watched Death on the Nile on Hulu, it's actually really, really good. Bill said, I suck at fruit flies for whatever reason. Rice flower beetles I can crank. Yeah, fruit flies, I... When I was dealing with those with the dart frogs, it was the hardest part was was timing them right so that I would have a culture that was like I could actually pull from and use flies from without completely destroying it and like crashing it. Um that that wasn't so difficult, but once I hit a hiccup and once I had a a culture crash and I only had like maybe 3 cultures then it got really difficult and then it got frustrating because like I don't I have to wait for one to take off before I can start using it but I also have uh I got frogs that need to eat so it's <clears throat> it's tough cuz when it goes south it seems to go south pretty quickly but the Nile and the St. Johns are the only rivers that flow north I was not aware of that but those uh like what those little beetles? I don't know if they're the peanut beetles or what they were called. Those I remember, I did have those in a in a Dubia colony at one point, and I thought they were awesome because they're literally miniature mealworms, and those would be perfect. And those I wouldn't have any issues with as long as I don't get the grain mites again. Grain mites are a massive pain, and they're the reason I'm kind of hesitant to to get another bug colony going. Um. 
I finally got everything cleaned off and all of my grain mites gone. That was, I had to use like an entire can of like Clorox wipes to wipe down my table and finally got it situated. And I really, it seems like they just kind of show up overnight. And it's from what I, I did, I did a pretty good amount of research on them. And it seems like the trick is, is keeping the humidity down in your mealworm col uh, colonies that uh, cuts back on those. So, <laughs> pretty sure those are buffalo beetles. They're darkling species. That's yeah. I mean, that's entirely. Po I forget exactly what they are. I just remember they showed up in a dubia colony and I like don't know where they came from. I don't I never had any introduced there originally, but they just popped up and they were taking care of all the extra, you know, food scraps and stuff, so I just let them stay there. Had I known that I would use them down the road, I would have collected them all and tried to keep it going. Go figure. Mike Kosicki's in the chat. I got an awesome Castagna Motley male corn from him just the other day. He loved him a frog leg just like today, Sunday. I think I fed um yesterday. He took a took a frog leg, so he is fed and happy. Got a lot of time to figure out what I'm gonna pair him to down the road. There's a lot of things I sort of want to experiment with that Castagna stuff. Um, since it's recessive, it's going to take a little longer just because you have to get the heads and stuff, but um, it'll be good. I'm curious to see what it does. Phil must have like up and restarted his computer entirely. Anybody else producing eggs currently? What are we, uh, what do we got cooking? Eighteen major rivers. Is that an A or no? Fat tail gecko. It would be awesome. That's one of the things with the coleonics too. Is uh, it would be really cool to see tiny baby coleonic hatch. I think it'd be really interesting to have little tiny tiny eggs. And just uh. Behavior-wise, I mean, like, we've talked about them all the time. Like, coleonics are just really cool. Geckos that I'm... I'm I'd, it'd be super interesting to see the, the behaviors and stuff, especially if you get them set up in something sort of 
naturalistic-ish. Um, you know, maybe even put like a camera on them or something and, and watch them and see what they do at night. And I really enjoyed finding the handful that we did. They're fast little little bastards. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to get a like a, a decent group of them and put them in like a V70 or something. Like one male and like a trio or three girls and a male. <clears throat> Mornings hatch like Tic Tacs that are alive. I believe that. Remember living in Hawaii, we used to have uh, house geckos everywhere. And if you were climbing in like the trees and stuff, you'd find all these little gecko eggs and all the little nooks and crannies. Things were everywhere. So this year is going to be, as of right now, like the most clutches I've produced. Uh, and then it's only going to get increased from from here on out so like this year i have the the dion's the corns the bairds like more of the bairds rather than just the single pair um next year i'll have more bairds ready to go i'll have more corns ready to go i'm hoping and i'm thinking the rhinos will be ready to go the female will at least um and then we have phil who's back hello did you like do a full restart no, I went on Xfinity to figure out what the hell's going on and oh. tried to use the app. And then I went up calling my roommate and I'm like, hey, man, what are you doing? He's not doing anything out of the ordinary. I don't know if he was like downloading something giant or something, but I did a speed test on my phone. Like everything's working great. I don't know what the hell's going on. It just tonight's not my night. What kind of incubators are you using? So I was asking the, the good people what they had cooking oh nice excellent and what we got so far bill is expecting some fat tail gecko eggs nice uh, let's see morning geckos nice a herpetoculture staple mm-hmm. christian parr Hey, what's up, Chris? Yeah, StreamYard has been a little squirrely lately, too, so it's entirely possible that it's that. Um, but I was saying, like, this year is going to be, if everything goes, barring, like, the thorn scrubs, this will be the most clutches I've ever had as far as snakes. Nice. But it's only going to ramp up as I go, so, like, next year I'll have more bared pairs that'll be ready to go. I'll have more corn pairs that are ready to go. Um, I was saying the female rhino, I should be, she should be up to size and stuff by then too. So may get my first shot at those. I don't know yet. Okay. Um, so it's just been like progressively ramping up over the last couple of years. And it's, it's awesome to, uh, to like raise up those, those bears and stuff and like be able to, breed those and get their offspring and all that good stuff um billy has some ridley eye eggs that's awesome yeah man i know uh he was a little uh concerned with their uh 
normal appearance, but they're holding true. So rock and roll. Fix set is Apricot Pueblin laid eggs. Nice. Congrats. Pueblins are due soon. Yeah, I think uh, next year will probably be better for me because I got a lot of stuff I've been raising up, man. And I'm really thinking next year might be, if I play my cards right, have at least five or six species ready to rock and roll. So we shall see. My predictions for hopefully doing condors again this year, I don't think that's going to... The long, the further into the year we get, the the less I'm thinking it's going to happen. So, yeah, that might be a late 2023 happening, but it will happen. Duly noted. So, before my internet conks out again, um, what did you want to talk about? Venomous stuff you had mentioned earlier. Yeah, I was going to get like a some sort of thing together and have you rank. Like a lapids and stuff in terms of like keeping them in the hobby based on like availability and handleability and okay. Oh, Dustin put Mexican night snakes together. Oh, look at that! Look at him. What's the uh? So Nachschlagen. The Nachschlagen. Aside from the Serastes, like what's the next? What snakes are you planning to put together? be it next year like what's the next next up to bat so <clears throat> i could have did i could have did excuse me i could have done wrinkles done this what's that i could have done it i could have done it uh i could have done wrinkles this year but <sighs> i wasn't i wasn't comfortable with their size and weight and i think one of the girls could have done it could have did it but i'd rather just wait you know, and just be patient, mm -hmm. you know, I got time. They're angry and healthy. So we'll just leave it be. And uh, so they're going to be in the future, of course. Um, Serastis, Serastis. And then I'm hoping maybe next year, try the pseudo Serastis. But I got smaller ones on purpose because I really wanted to watch them grow and know kind of how old they are. You know what I mean? The ones I got, I would probably put them in around maybe a year or two old. So I had the opportunity to buy like big full grown ones. And I was like, nah, that's, that's not what I want. I want the, the pleasure of raising them up and watching them and enjoying them. So, so maybe next year, if not 2024 on them, uh, I'm trying to think what else, uh, water pythons. So the Fuscus, hopefully next yeah, year. I was going to say those got to be getting close to. to yeah. Eyes. I mean, yes and no. I mean, they're, they're, the, they're the right length, but they're still, they're still thin in diameter, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, probably 2025, maybe, I'll have Billy's Nova Guineas up to speed. So that'll be cool. Corns, uh, maybe next year. Uh, Mexican Black Kings, maybe next year. Uh, Underwatersaurus Millie next year. Um, have you bred and have you produced those before? No, I haven't. I've been raising these things up forever. How would, as far as breeding those, how do those compare to nefs? I was told they're like leopard geckos, and you really? just throw them together and give them a box and walk away. Yeah. yeah, so I wound up, I had initially got two, uh, so they're siblings, but not from the same clutch, from Leland Ward at DW Geckos. And I, I wasn't 
I didn't want a morph. I didn't want hypo. I just wanted normal looking ones. And I picked out the two that I wanted. And he was like, Hey, I've, I've looked at a lot of geckos. I mean, it's Leland Ward, man. You know, the guy knows the shit. And he's like, I think this is a pair. And I think the one on the right is going to be hypo. And sure as hell, they turned out to both be hypo and both be girls. So last Daytona, I wound up picking up a, I mean, I'll call it an eight, nine month old male that you could totally tell is going to be a male, um, normal color. So hopefully by the time the girls are big enough, he'll be more than ready, you know, Right. and uh, we'll go from there. But I know uh, April had some that she sold to Burke. Yep. And his are a hundred percent ready in my opinion. So I'm going to see when he does pair them, if he can get me some weights on them just to kind of see where I'm at. Yeah. Because it's so, it's so difficult because you, you see so many of them in hand, you know? Yeah. You don't get any real contact. But like everyone's hands different. You know, right. Yeah. Everyone's hands different size. So um, and that's what I was saying while you're gone is like, if I get coleonics, it would be really cool to see like tiny eggs and tiny babies and, you know, just oh, be yeah. interesting. The whole process I think would just be really cool. To, oh yeah. Totally. To see hundred percent. So, and then uh, obviously more synctus, um, and uh, what else is in there that would be rocking and rolling? Hmm. Oh, uh, pyromelina, probably twenty twenty five, just because those things grow so freaking mm-hmm. slow. So, but I mean that's that's the beauty of it, man. I'm I like the concept of breeding. I, I did a fair bit of it in my youth. Now I want to get back into it, but I don't want to just go out and just buy adults. Oh, and how could I forget? Some amazing, gorgeous, crazy, radioactive-looking Honduran milk snakes from Mr. Vic Lerano. You get those as babies? Yeah. That's all yeah. Yep. Maybe you did post them. I don't know, but... Yeah, the um, I got a pair, and then Billy got a pair, and they are a, a project that Vic's been focusing on from so, for some time in terms of producing and seeing what babies turn into from his lines that he's been doing. So actually, I should have a picture of one. Dude, they're they're, they're crazy looking, man. The some of the best endurance I've ever seen. Hondos. <clears throat> This is the girl. Google Chrome would like to record this computer screen. No. They're watching Skynet. Yeah, why would they want to do that? Chrome has lost permission to capture your screen. What the hell is this? See this? I don't like. That's the problem. Someone is in the group. This is what we see when you comment. So I don't know who at us is. I don't know. Strangers, stranger danger. Give them your cookies, Phil. <laughs> Bear with me. I have to figure out why it won't let me share anything now. Oh, I figured. Okay, it's Cody. I figured it was Cody. I had a feeling. 
Uh, Bill said new crash pad for work is in PA, immediately going to Hamburg and getting a $50 Gaboon and naming it Phil. Wait, say that again? Bill Bradley. Yes. New crash pad for work is in Pennsylvania, immediately going to Hamburg and getting a $50 Gab and naming it Phil. Thanks, Bill. What a guy. Thank you so much. Uh, and then Mike Cuppin said Phil is going to demonstrate free handling Venomous This I also don't think we'll have him Show is This is a uh, Douchebag free zone Free handlers are douchebags That's all there is to it Katie won't let me get a dwarf came in Are you struggling? Hello. Hello. Allow the apps below to record the contents of your screen even while using other apps. Why do I need to let them do this? So you can be plugged into their algorithm like a cog in the wheel and they can know everything about you and read well, your thoughts and, and give here's you ads. The, here's the problem is I, I'm trying to let them do it, and it won't. It won't let me. Click the lock to make changes. Oh, there we go. He's trying to unlock secure. Oh God, this is so annoying. Grandpa Phil, gotta teach him how to use the internets. Teresa and I talked it up last night as best we could. Yeah, I watched most of that episode, and then I had had to go to bed. Like dropping my phone on my face. Jesus. Oh, here I am again. Phil dropped out. Yeah, I don't, man. If you guys get Katie on an episode with Dom and Teresa, that would be interesting. I feel like she'd just throw me under the bus constantly. <sighs> Carpet Fest do need to happen again, though. Me and Phil were talking about the possibility of maybe thinking about possibly putting on Southeast Carpet Fest for 2023. I get <laughs> this podcast is going to hell. Holy shit. Trying to show a picture of a freaking snake. Just Go. Um, there we go. Hey, we figured Isn't it out. It? It's beautiful, wonderful. Thank you, Vic. You're amazing. The snake's amazing. I love you all. <laughs> Fuck Google Chrome. Fuck Google Chrome. <laughs> oh, man. Anna Maria could get in on that show, too. What are we talking about? So the, there was some joke made a, a while back about like the real housewives of her pediculture and it being like uh, Dom and Katie and Teresa... Yeah, that would be fun, man. I'm yeah, into it. Was, how about a Southeast Snake Fest? It doesn't have to be. It, it's just called Carpet Fest just because it's the tradition. <laughs> oh, Vic still has an available pair left. So if you're seeing those, hit up Vic. Get you some of them stunners right there. You got to make sure you wear sunglasses when you pull them out, though, because you might blind yourself. It's, it like staring, it's like staring at the sun. 
I was going to say like a nuke bomb going off. It's, it's radioactive, man. And every time they shed, they do lose some of this black in here, Mm -hmm. you know, which is pretty cool. And I feel like the black just gets richer. And for those of you who are wondering, I don't hold all my snakes like, uh, you know, deranged, like like an animal, like a deranged six year old. No, that's just for the 20 second photo because it can't get into friggin sit still. Look at your white knuckle in that thing, man. I know, right? Like a damn ape squeezing it like an ape. Oh, man. Speaking of that little mask email I got from Chris bit the shit out of me the other morning for no damn reason. Really? I pulled it out because uh, I don't know why. I just I pulled it out and it was like, oh, food, and grabbed my finger. It's like, sweet. Fair chance that another uh, alligator snapping turtle is coming my way. That little one needs a new spot to call home. I wish, man. <sighs> I was actually just telling Cody about that little one yesterday. Right. Because I was like, hey, if you're looking for an alligator snapper, Bill has one that's a small size and doesn't take up much space. What are you feeding them, Vic asked? Your your Hondos? Oh, they're on a large rat pinks right now. They could take a rat pup, but I'm not being that guy. I gave them rat pinks really early. So I'm just trying to level them out now. I don't want to get them too fat too quick. So they're on, they're on rat pinks, but they could probably take a rat pup. So, you know what's incredibly frustrating? What's that? Is I get these frog legs, right? Right. And the condors love them. Most of the rat snakes like them. I offer to the rhinos, which you would think would be their number one fan. Right. And they want nothing to do with them. Oh, jeez. Like even the babies, like I cut off a little like a sliver and offer it to them. No interest in it whatsoever. I give like I put it right in front of the adults, like a, a nice chunk of like the meat. No interest. And it's they're always hungry. Like they always want food. They're always cruising. They're always watching me. Yeah. It's it just doesn't make any sense. And it's really frustrating because it's like you guys are supposed to be the my my designated hitters when it comes to weird stuff like this. <laughs> the the garbage disposals. Yeah. Yep. All the condros go crazy on them, but I'll be damned if I can get those rhinos to take. I haven't tried the barons yet, though. That one's that barons is on cypress mulch. Yeah. And I that frog leg meat gets kind of sticky and gross, and so I was kind of I didn't want to just leave it in there and it get knocked over and then it uh, eat you know cypress yeah. mulch and kill itself. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. You know, it's this guy. This guy's becoming my stud. Hey. His uh, his better-looking sister, she passed away really early, but, you know, that's why mom has a bunch of them. And, uh, but he's doing champion, man. And, dude, I have, you know, Brahms uh, 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 Cambro tub inserts. Actually, I think they're the 32-cord inserts. Yeah, they might be the 32s. And, uh, dude, he's loving life, man. He he chills up on those perches and waits for the lizard that'll never come by to run by. Mm-hmm. So, I love that bug-eyed bastard. He's adorable. Yeah, those um, mine should be ready to go next year too. Now that I'm thinking about it. Awesome. So awesome. 
Wild Rose Pass. Rink. I thought Rinky that was a cool. That was a cool shed head cap thing. I was getting Dude, those things out. are looking good, man. Those things you posted. What is it? That female that like mm-hmm. fire orange one the other day. Oh my god. Oh, you mean like that one? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Oof. Yeah, she's killer, man. She's a killer. And she's probably my I don't want to say she's the most placid girl, but she you know, she is the most placid girl. I mean, she's only she's only shot at me like the most tolerant. She's the most tolerant girl, yeah. Now, what I'm going to like I have a male that's way bigger than her, like twice if not three times her size, and he's who I'm going to pair her to eventually because they're damn near almost the the identical snake. Um, dude, he's so dimorphic like that though, size wise. Nah. Oh, yeah. okay. I mean, you, yeah. If you're looking at, if you're looking at the tail and the vent appropriately, but like if one was slithering through the grass, you couldn't tell in my opinion. I know there were some videos on YouTube saying, Oh, boys are yellow and girls are orange and, or whatever it was. And well, that's I mean, a, size differences and it's, it's not like hog noses where the males are obviously. No, no, not, not, not to my knowledge. Females are huge. Yeah. And I mean, I, I've seen some some decent size. I mean, my one big black and, you know, I don't want to say black and white or like black and yellow, like light yellow color. We call her lemonade. Uh, she's probably the biggest one I got. I mean, she's she's a hefty snake for what it is, but she's still only like three, three and a half foot. So. What's, yeah, I mean, what's considered a big rink? Like what's four, a, four and a half. What's a diesel rink? Like like four, four and a half is a is a monster. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one that was five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they are a shorter, stouter elapid. So, hmm. but I mean, like, dude, she just shed in this picture. She almost looks like a Gila. Yeah, it's. I mean, obviously, this like same I don't know. sort of color and pattern. Sort yeah, of. I have yeah. another picture. Let me try and find another picture of her from the shed because this one's kind of fuzzy and blurry. Uh. Is this one going to be better? I can't tell. Hmm. Yeah, Christian Park said his rhino is piggy, which is just odd because for anything else, they're not picky. Like when I, if I put a little cup with some, some fuzzies in it, man, they go crazy. Like they, they go straight over there and start eating them. Give them something that's semi fish like, which you would think they'd be all about. You would think zero interest. So I and like they'll even like check it out. Like you can see them like smelling it, looking at it, and they still just there's. You don't even get a an initial response like you would with like like a chondro, you know, where you bring food in there and they they kind of eyeball yeah. it and take a swing at it. Or the, grab you, it, drop you walk it. in the you walk in the room and they all do this. Yeah, the rhinos like they literally just look at it and they're like that. That's not that's not food. I don't want that. So they're just goofy. I love those things though, man. They're uh the two two babies I have from Terry are doing really well. They're rocking and Excellent. rolling. And their colors are great, man. Great colors. Yeah, yeah. They're uh the two smaller ones are kind of starting to come in a little bit, but mine only eat mice, no rats or quail. I haven't even tried quail with any of mine or I don't I wouldn't. I, I don't know. Mine. Mine aren't even like my my biggest ones. They're still, I'd consider like sub adult size. So, 
quail would be a really big meal for them. Unless I got like hatchlings or something. Fledglings, whatever you want to call them. So that's the same snake, but not blurry. Mm-hmm. I can zoom in. And I mean, it's definitely got that carpet python, that jungle carpet, you know, feel to it. But dude, that hood and those yeah. jet black eyes and the jet black face. Black eyes like a doll's eyes. I just love the matte color and like not the glossiness that you get with a lot of other elapids. You know? Oh yeah. Well it's the killed scales, man. Yeah. Those killed scales, dude. I mean to but me Harry's, Harry's sucking up. He said ranks are the prettiest scaled creature that exists. <laughs> there's there's only one other snake that I could think of keeled that pops to me like a Quazulu Natal rink, and that's uh uh Natosis out of southern Utah. Just yeah, those yeah. those that rich cream with that jet black man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's oh that those Utah Latosis, man, they just do it. Um so let's do that. Dude, there's so many species of rattlesnake that get zero attention that that should. Yeah, a hundred percent. And a lot of them are like the Mexican types, like the Mexican species. Yeah. That was that was. I, it wasn't until I started following those Herp MX guys that I realized just how awesome Mexican rattlesnake species are. That thing. Yeah. Oh my God! Speaking of, look at that, dude. This is a Palm Beach County pygmy. Is and that one you've had, or is that one you found? I've had this thing for like a year, man, and it finally okay. got it. It shed probably four. Maybe this might be the fifth time it shed for me in the past like year. Like all the jungle skins off, and now. dude, all the dirt's oh, off. Zoom in on and, that. Well, I don't have to zoom in because I took a closer picture. Oh, boom! Oh, and there's there's no filters. There's there's no Photoshop. There's no nothing. It's just that rich, rich black and that that really just perfect rust color. Dude, I was so close to convincing Katie to let me get like one of those. <laughs> Well, if you, if, if you get permission, you tell me. I will catch you a Palm Beach pig. They're just so cool. Like, I don't know what it is about, like, small dwarf species of really anything that attracts me to them. Like, with dart frogs, I really liked Ranatomea, like the tiny dwarf thumb- yeah. uh, thumbnails. Like, I like pygmies. I like a lot of the atheris stuff, which is just smaller. Yeah. Like, I just like micro species. I don't, I don't, if you could even call them that, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I would call them smaller species. You know, I don't know, man. There's just something about them. Yeah, I'm a big man. I like small reptiles. <laughs> yeah, man. I just, I That's love, hot. I love these southern duskies because, and I That's mean southern hot. meaning like South Peninsular Florida duskies, because those those cow spots, you can see it from a mile away, man. And like, even doesn't matter how dusty they are, how dirty they are, how swamp muddy mudded up they are dude those spots just pop and when you see that on a road and it's got its head lifted up oh that's just see and those like honestly i know it's it's sort of blasphemous like i would take that over the reds yeah uh, dude as much as i want to catch a red in the wild and like keller and i have talked about this because he's up in that neck of the woods where the reds Mm -hmm. are and he's yet i'm pretty sure he's yet to find a red in the wild but like i would love to go find a red in the wild but like in terms of taking one home and and like keeping a pygmy like that's right there that's what i and maybe it's because i'm south florida i I don't know but that's oh that thing's awesome 
So. That's another one that Cody and Pia find on their their property pretty regularly. Oh yeah, like, last Carver Fest they had one, and I was taking pictures of it, and I got some some really good photos of it. Nice, excellent, excellent, excellent. They're just so cool, man. I don't know. Like I said, it's just there's something about like it being a tiny miniature rattlesnake that just that that piques my interest. Man, and like I love like how a mini cane break. It's a mini cane break, dude, hundred percent. And you can see where the scale break is on that dorsal, those mm-hmm. the vertebral scales that are right there. But I just love how these dots. It almost looks like someone took an airbrush and just went, you know. Oh, freaking awesome. The only thing for me that tops that is, and I think I've showed it before. Let me pull it up. Is it that? Is it what? <laughs> De- definitely not. No. Definitely not that. Let me see. Oh, come on. Zoom in. And no, Mr. Bradley, I do not need a moment to myself, but thank you. I might. Is that which one of the this one of your Sarastis? Yeah, that's Sarastis. That's actually my smallest one. Um, I have no idea the gender. It was Marcus and I got, I think, four babies that were like really, really tiny. And uh, how big only... are their litters? So they are egg laying, and it depends. Sometimes it's three or four eggs, sometimes it's like 10 or 12 Hmm. uh and the eggs only incubate for about 30 days so they have a very very weird thin egg that's almost like see-through huh yeah i wonder if it's a thinner shell because they need like it helps with that moisture transfer oh i'm sure i'm sure it does like it helps keep them sort of homeostatic yeah it's gotta but yeah this one uh this one I have separate from all the other ones in the rack. This one's in his own tub. And uh, I actually, I just keep him at room temperature, which is like 80, 81. And uh, dude, the thing's a savage, man. He does backflips. See, this is, this is. That's, that's really the, nice. That's the pinnacle of, of pygmies for me. And see, I mean, that's, to it's me, like that's. That bluish gray. Textbook Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Textbook Carolina. Like the stripe to the eye. Oh it's yeah. Just, uh... Yeah, Justin needs a moment. <laughs> huh? Pygmies are the bomb, dude. Yeah, man. Pigs and sogs. See, that Mesosog has never done much for me though. I don't, I don't know. What is it? I don't Edward know. Z? Like, dude, Edward I understand Z is they're cool and they're you know people are interested because they're they're protected and stuff. But I, well, when it comes to Cistrurus, I think yes, pygmies are, pygmies are it, dude. Well, also if you read the Dusky Pygmy book that's out there, which I highly recommend everyone buys because it's very inexpensive. It's a very quick read. It's only like 100 pages, if that. Um, yeah, we talked about that at one point. Yeah, like ten bucks or something like that. Yeah, it's only like ten or fifteen bucks on Amazon. Um, that book talks about how it's believed that the dusky species, so Cistrus malarius barbary, is the foundation for all crotalids. So it's they're so saying everything came from that. Everything came from dusky. So whatever primitive 
snake or uh, you know prehistoric snake turned into dusky and then from dusky all the other rattlesnakes evolved so i don't have any that's wild, papers though, that's, to back it up but, yeah that's that seems like a stretch to me just because given how big adamantius are evolution baby it's, yeah i don't i don't know but that's another thing within the last probably year something i just i love to look up and find for for just different groups and and genre phylogenic trees because it's just always really interesting to see what came from what over time and how things evolved and i don't know like i I think about adamantius and i think about corals and like all the native venomous we have and like think about the colonial people that first came here like oh yeah that's that's you don't know what it is like imagine the first guy that's all coral snake yeah imagine the first person that was dumb enough to pick it up because they were curious well i imagine there was most of them were just everything was killed you know everything was everything was killed open its mouth see if it's got big teeth you know go from there but i mean we talked about it before is there's a letter from jamestown settlement of whoever one of the guys that was on one of the first boats over from england mentioned giant giant serpents on the beach where they landed their landing party Mm -hmm. with rattles on their tails Imagine, yeah, I mean, imagine on the beach showing up and you see this the in biggest Virginia. adamantius you could have possibly seen, being like, oh my god, and then being the first guy to get nailed by one. Oh, man, you were done, done. That's why, like, done. when I watch True Grit now, I I kind of laugh. I don't know if you saw the remake with uh, Jeff Bridges, um, but like, homegirl gets bit, and then in the end of the right. movie, she like loses her arm. And I just kind of laughs. It's like back then, dude, I have a very hard time believing you just get an amputate, like you just get an amputation. Like she got bit by Natrox, I think it was. And I was like, I yeah. don't like, I'm pretty sure back then if you got bit by a snake, unless it was a dry bite, you were probably pretty screwed. Like it was kind of, yeah. I mean, th- there's, there's plenty of stories of people getting bit by rattlesnakes in yesteryear and surviving because of their amputation, you know? And I know there was a lot they of tourniquets to used. Back though, forever, like. Yeah, but, dude, human body is resourceful. Yeah, suspend disbelief. Bill wants to know what you're smoking in your. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, well, my good pipe is broken, so we've resorted to the corn cob, and uh, tonight it is a very dry and old Dunhill Royal Yacht. Yeah, it's actually it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm enjoying it. So it's a nice change of pace and I'm trying to, I'm out of, I'm out of wood matches. So I'm trying not to suck this whole big lighter down it, you know, red balls, peanut butter and crack sandwich. Hmm. How's that working out for you? You got the, the gurgle yet? No, it's great. Oh, nice. It's all in. The feathered draw. It's all in taking your time with it, too. That was the yeah. hardest part for me. It was learning to slow down. Mm-hmm. You really got to baby pipes, and that's kind of the biggest pain. Is like, if well, you're okay so... with having to relight constantly, right, right, it's no big deal. But it's like if you're if you're actively trying to do something, and you're I also else, you smoke too fast, and then you get the tongue bite, and just yeah, yeah. Tongue bite sucks. And mm-hmm. uh, I also, and just, I, I, I 
pack it very loosely um, because I want to take my time. I want to slow down. But then it burns and hotter. It burns hotter, but I also I also feather how much I draw that flame in because I don't want to. I don't. I I don't want to draw the flame in. I just want to draw the heat in. But I'm also a real wuss about getting bits of tobacco in my mouth, and I don't use filters. So, yeah. That's something that people ask about at work a lot is, you know, do you have any filters for the pipes? And it's like, as I, as that's I, just another thing that's just a pain in the ass to deal with is like, uh, do I have any filters? It's like, I don't, I've yeah. never, I've used filters if they came with the pipe, like the one that comes in the stem with it, like that's cool and all. But after that, I was like, I'm not seeking out more filters because like the paper ones that usually come in those corn cobs to me, they sort of. Affect yeah. the flavor a little bit, like you get that wet paper taste. Yeah, like a paper straw. If you've ever had that, and you get that like paper flavor. Well, I don't like I don't like paper in my mouth. Like I never did spitballs. Like that grossed me out. Or like people that take like a napkin, they're like, and they wipe. Like, ugh, I don't want paper in my mouth. I also don't use screens at all, too. Yeah, that's another so, one that people ask for all the time. I'm yeah. like, that just that's another step, and that's another. I'm sure those yeah. are pain in the ass to clean. You're probably not supposed to be burning that in the bottom of a pipe. I don't know. I don't <laughs> think you're supposed to be heating up right any kind of metal and then smoking it like that. Yeah, I just hate using a bic lighter because I look like a crackhead. The corn cobs are nice if you want to try different stuff, though, because you don't get the ghosting that you get with, like, briar or wood pipe. Yeah. So, like, if you want to try something that's, like, a really sweet vanilla or something like that, and then you want to try, like, a nice, just straight yellow Virginia or something, you may get some of that flavor from the from the previous, you know, whatever you had in it before, but it doesn't stick around and linger like it does in, in sort of wood pipes. So, sure. if you want to get into pipes, it's nice to have and it's not a, a rule that you have to follow far you know hard and fast but um like i have like six pipes three of those are for aromatics three of those are for non-aromatics realistically i only use three or four of them there's two that were estate pipes that i got and cleaned up and they're just i don't i don't know i'm not into it so For the sophisticate. The nice thing is, though, is you can you can put a pipe down and come back to it, and the flavor yeah. won't be. Uh, it's not like cigars. Like if you leave a cigar outside and you come back to it an hour later, they've it's sponged up all that humidity and they taste horrible. But for whatever reason, pipes you can you can sit down for half a day and come back to it, and it's not going to taste like that. You know, it's not going to taste bad. Yeah. Fix said, talking about crazy bites, who remembers the video when Mark O'Shea took a dry bite back in the day? I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Remember Austin Stevens getting tagged by that snouted. Yeah, the worst staged shoot of all time. Because after the bite, after he gets his anti-venom, after he does the hospital, after all the camera crew and everything, they go back to the same exact bush. And that anilifera just happens to still be sitting there. <laughs> I love that. He has uh, he has Parkinson's. I don't know if you knew that. Really, I did not. Uh, know that. Uh, Damn, what a shame. You know, See, I don't know, man. Out of all the uh, out of all like the the TV personalities, you know that at least that were active. I don't know. I enjoyed his. I enjoyed his show because it was it was much more sort of 
uh, cinematic in terms of the, the camera work and stuff like that. I mean, it was yeah. still over the top and right. Right. Talking about the, like the amethystine Python episode was awesome. The scrub Python episode, uh, Scott was like, yeah, those, those were, those were staged. And I'm like, I'm sure all of it is but... Dude, that, or him swinging on the vine into the gaboon yeah. viper. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly where you'd find a gaboon. Yeah. 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 I don't know. But, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah, like, but I I like the diversity too, is because you had you had Steve down under, you had Mark traveling all over, you know, mostly Southeast Asia, and then you had Austin in Africa, and it was just you know you had those were your guys, you know. With Donald Schultz, you remember him? We don't talk about him. Oh, oh. He's a very nice guy. Mark got popped by the stiletto. Yeah, that would suck. That would suck. Actually, I was going to ask Cody if he's got any or knows where I can get one or two of them just as a pet because I really want one. I don't know why, but I really do. I want a Bibrins. I'm going to set it up like a friggin' ant farm. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> So what have, else, man? I have been tempted to like the ant thing is actually pretty interesting. The formicariums. It's actually pretty cool. Like you've well, seen some of the setups that people do. I was gonna say, did you see the 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 new thing that's going viral? Well, viral in our community of the horn lizards eating the carpenter ants off the stick. Yeah. Dude, that's fantastic. Yeah. If I knew about that and had an easy way to get carpenter ants, I would totally keep horn horn toads. Excuse me, horned lizards. I just, I would like to, I've heard, like, I've looked into it, especially after Texas. That was when I was yeah, like, dude, okay, Texas let me see was the... how involved these were, these are. Yeah. And ants aren't difficult to get. They're not super expensive. Apparently, if you keep them in the fridge, they go dormant, which is nice. But then if you end up having ants get loose, that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just. I don't see them doing great in captivity. Horned lizards in general. Um, well, it's like we talked about in Texas, I, man. If you're committed to the specific species, then you could then any of us in our community that is as diehard as we are would have no problem doing it. But so basically the way I look at it is. If I got rid of all my geckos, if I got rid of all the girdle tails, if I got rid of 60% of the snakes and I had a couple pairs of snakes and just the horn toads, it would be fine. Mm -hmm. But I can't because I've got a pair of this and a pair of that and a pair of this and a pair of that. And you know, it's, it's the collection. So it's not good for me to even consider getting them because I can't give them what they need. I can't give them the attention that they need. If I'm gonna put that much effort into into another lizard, I'm I'm definitely gonna I'd rather do Xenogamma. Again. Honestly, I'd get I'd get Taylor Eye before I got any any horn lizards. I love horn lizards. Some yeah. of the coolest lizards I've ever seen and, and got my hands on and experienced firsthand. Yeah. But I just I don't see keeping them being I know it has been done. I know not a lot of people have done it, but that's one of those things too, where I think you have to give them just a massive amount of space too. And it's a, yeah. space oh. you really can't mess with, but to recreate like 
that Pinto Canyon sort of area that we were at, Dude, you know, that, was, just, that, that would be so freaking cool. That's what solidified it for me as being one of those awesome species that I would love to have, but I shouldn't so that I can keep the allure and keep them on that pedestal. Not shatter the illusion. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, <laughs> let's be real. If I had, you know, having delusions of grandeur, if I had a giant ass house and I had a five 500 gallon wall unit enclosure where I could have three or four of those sticks for the ants to climb up with an underground pipe system, uh, under under tank pipe system for the ants to administer the ants and feeding, have fake ant mounds and plant live grass and have wind blowing through and temperature control and lighting and Vaseline around the top of the glass so nothing gets out, I would 100% do it. But I don't live in that world, so uh, it'll be a fantasy. Plus, Anna Maria is probably listening to this going, what the hell did I sign up for? I'll tell you what I do want to do, though, because as it turns out, uh, there is a population of horn lizards in South Carolina. Yes. And by the way, did we figure out what species there? I'm looking at it right now, actually. Okay. And Cody, I see your message. I will DM you. Uh, so in the 1950s, I believe it was, this is the Frenosona cornutum. They were introduced to like the Sullivan's Island area up near Charleston in like the fifties. Okay. Says most established populations in South Carolina and Georgia are near the coast where the sand dunes mimic the natural desert habitat. Um, I just feel like it's so much more humidity, though. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, but it would be awesome to go and find some of these areas where they are and not on even like just to just to see them again, you know? Yeah, of course. Dude, I will see them again before I die. A hundred percent. It says, only a few established populations of the species are known in the southeast. These populations are small and very isolated. Seems unlikely the species will become invasive. So, I don't know. You know what else is another cool little lizard we've got here? Are the, uh, the race runners. Oh, yeah, they're fun. Those things are freaking gorgeous, man. Like, I see those and the blues they have on them. Oh, yeah. Oh, we have fence lizards. I've never seen a fence lizard down here. Yeah, you guys got fence lizards. I think they're more inland. I, I mean, this range map I'm looking at has like pretty much all of the southeast minus like your bottom third of Florida. Yeah, south of the lake. I've never seen a fence lizard in Florida. So, turkey kiss geckos. And uh, yeah, Bill, uh, you know, Dr. Julianer was saying about how they used to get carpenter ants for research. And uh, a couple of his buddies and him had had horned toads back in the day. And it's just it's just it's too much, man. It's just too much. Mm -hmm. But they are freaking awesome. I read at one point that uh, race runners can get up to like 18 miles an hour. I believe it, man. I believe it. it's funny because I see them when we don't get a lot of rain. Like you've been to my parents' house, it gets really dusty and just super dry. Like the pine needles are almost like a freaking tinderbox. Yeah. And those race runners love it. Like that's when they're all out and about is when we get into like the middle of summer and it's like damn near triple digits. 
those race runners are out and about loving life, man. Nice. Espidocellus. Yeah, I don't know. So it would be cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can find more articles on those uh on the on the horn lizards and see exactly. Yeah. Uh, like where we Heck can yeah. go because I think even Jake was was down to to do that. So that would be a cool weekend trip or something. Maybe go and see our boy Ryan Reed. Yo, I'm sure he would love that near his sort of the neck of the woods. He would 100 percent love that. I want to see one squirt blood from its eye. We never, we didn't see that when we were in Texas. Yeah, from what I gather, they don't do it with humans. They only do it to canids. Really? At least that's what I was reading. Yeah, basically they did a, a somebody did a study where they had a bunch of humans. They never did it. Then they brought in like pictures of dogs and coyotes on like a cardboard cutout, and they did it to the coyote cardboard like once or twice. But then they brought in an actual dog and they just did it. And I mean, that makes sense, man. You know, we know what's what's big enough to eat them and not be fearful of those spines, you know, and that would be, you know, large standing birds and coyotes. I'm trying to see if there's anything that talks about them in South Carolina. I'm not seeing anything. I think that's the species that we saw was the cornutum, right? I believe so. Let me double check. From the pictures, that's what it looks like. They're little tanks, man. They were just, they were so effing cool. The coolest. The coolest. Rhino rats. What are some colubrid species with slow metabolic rates asking for a friend? I don't know that a slow metabolic rate colubrid exists. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. A slow metabolic rate. I would think Pituophis would probably, in terms of like short term slower metabolic rate Pituophis, but it's still in comparison I still think that's a it's it's a fast metabolism. Rhino yeah. rats. Yeah, it was cornudum. Yeah. Here, I got pictures. So we can stroll down memory lane. Love it. Yeah, that was a cool, cool area, man. Boom. Just the oh. yellows. Like, the yellows on those things really popped. Dude, like, you, for, like I forget how amazing it is. You know? And those spikes on the head, they're not, like, flimsy. They're, they're legit horns. And the camouflage, like, seeing them there and, like, seeing them just stop and they just blend in with the... the Rock every everything ground is just it and the yellow on their back with the little yellow flowers that were all around. Yeah, yeah. And how freaking fast they were too, man. 
See? <laughs> like they would run a couple feet and then they stop and freeze and they kind of like arch their back towards you as like a protective sort of thing and then they sort of take off again. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. That's a cool shot. I like that. Yeah. That's one of my favorite shots. But I mean, if you were, you think about it, like their camouflage probably does a lot for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, that stripe is just a blade of grass, you know? Yeah. It just, when you see them stop right there in the middle of everything, it's, they're almost like freaking copperheads or, or gaboons, you know, in the right setting, they just disappear. Yeah. 100%. I think pretty much all we found were females, too. I don't think we really found any males. There was a couple females. It seemed like they were kind of deflated, like maybe they had just laid. Yeah, we hydrated their bellies, one. Their bellies were all dirty and stuff, and they were looking just kind of pancaked a little bit, like they had just dropped a clutch. But you see the giant... Like, they're not ant mounds, but you'd see these just holes in the ground and these little clearings, you know, that are probably like three feet across. And it was just ants, and that's what these things were eating, man. They were just just chowing down those carpenter ants. Yeah. Oh, awesome! Super cool, man. And they're right in our backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Luke Myers. He's uh he's been doing like survey research sort of work from what I understand. He's out in California and like LA and uh, they've got a species out there that they're like the tip of their horns is almost looks like it's like blood stained, like it's red, like a red. Really? Pink. Yeah. And it's a, it's one of the bigger species, I think, if not the biggest, maybe. Is it that Royal or. Uh, let's, let's see. Let's look it up on my phone. Look at me enjoying myself. Look at how happy I am. It's a beautiful sight. It's a beautiful, beautiful sight. Let me see. Luke sent pictures. I'll see if I can. I'll send them to you. Awesome. Because he was sending pictures, and I was, I was so stoked to see him because I thought it was just the coolest. This is one of and, those. And now deflated... he gets it too. Like he understands why they're why they're so freaking. Yeah, man dope this uh this is one of those deflated ones that we think may have dropped the clutch and uh it, it's crazy because this is one of the only ones that didn't have the yellow on them and it's sitting right next to the yellow flowers so mm -hmm. yeah they must have been studying these because some of them have like a, a pink dot painted on them Oh, okay. They can keep track. Let's see. You sent it to me on Facebook? Yeah. Cool. Nice. The camouflage on those is just as ridiculous as it is on the Cornutum. Oh, yeah. Look at the red tips, man. Yeah. Super cool. So cryptic. Oh, that's awesome. Like, literally, the, the back half of the lizard just disappears. Let's see if Freaking I can figure out what species that is. Dragons. 
Huh. Too cool, man. Too cool. Wow, look at that contrast. Yeah, yeah, that Incredible. one. Incredible. So I think that is the flat-tailed horn lizard, I believe, which is Farinasonum mccallii. Very cool. Oh, there's your pink dot. Yeah. Yeah, and that thing, like, look at that thing's a little tank too, dude. Like, zoom in on that one. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a big horn lizard. Like, look at how chunky that thing is. It's almost like a tuatara. Yeah, man. Look at the like the thick haunches on it, man. Yeah, yeah. That spiky tail, like an ankylosaur. Awesome. Yeah, that's got. I'm looking at the range maps. That's got to be the uh, the flat tailed. Very cool. It's just a wild, wild group of lizards, man. And like that book I got on them is really cool because it talks about sort of like the folklore with like Native Americans and stuff in those areas. Oh, that's awesome. That are native. And like there's these old drawings of like these like humanoid lizard people that are horn lizards. But I, I don't know. I'll have to send you a picture of that too. But yeah, man. Well, and dude, send me send me the link for that book. I gotta get that book. Gotta get that book. Dude, this is what happens. We talk about these these yeah. these lizards. <laughs> I get all excited. I do a bunch of homework, learn a bunch of stuff, and then I'm like, nope, don't do it. Don't do it. Taylor I, man. That's that's where. See, man, I think they're awesome, but I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I just like those. I like that honestly. The, the Texas and the Royals, I think, are probably my favorite. I think the round tails are cute too. Those and the you know some hypsoglena. Did I ever show you the uh, the one I the one I found in Arizona last time I was in Phoenix? Hypsoglena? No, no, no. Uh, uh, horn lizard. Uh, horn toad. Horn lizard. No. Hold on, let me pull that up. I didn't even see it. Uh, my friend Rachel saw it. And I had to get super close to, to like, I was like, what am I looking at? She's like, it's right there. It's right in front of your face. And I'm like, it's a rock. There's nothing there. It's like the, the living form of the magic eye poster. 100%. You know, cross your eyes and, and relax and you'll see it. I don't even remember what species it is. The freaking Mitchell eye of the lizard world. It really is, man. It really is. And this thing was was small. It was about the size of a... I would say like maybe two ping pong balls together. I believe it. And it's got these tiny little horns and those bands on the tail. Super cute. Just chilling out in broad daylight at like two in the afternoon. I've got Eric Haycraft coming back on Lizard Brain Radio to talk Scalopris. That'd be cool. 
that's another species that I could care less about until we saw them in the wild. It's just was, scalop- that was, scalopers in general. Was that that bigger lizard that I found sort of tucked up in that rock that we had to like break? You remember yeah. there was one night where there was like a, a fairly, it was a bigger size lizard. That, yeah, that was one of them. It was the tail and like a, a leg. Yeah, that was, it was also the one that uh, uh, Rob and Justin had flipped that rock. We were on top of the mountain. They flipped that rock and there was two of them. It was like oh, a native pair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. That one that I saw in that, that cut was, it was a big one. And it was like really wedged in there. I was like, yeah, nothing's getting that out. It's what they do, man. It's what Crazy. they do. Yeah. Oh. Well, is there anything else you want to cover tonight? I don't think so. I feel like we touched base on a lot of things. <laughs> so, yeah, we definitely got to get Bill on and have a, a Pythons and Pipes episode. Pipes. Pipe. Pythons. Piped Pythons? Pythons. Pythons. There you go. Pythons. Yeah, we'll be so THB John Lasseter is actually joining us this coming week. He had to reschedule last minute. Uh, awesome. Because some awesome herping weather popped up and he's in he was going to West Texas. So oh, nice. Like, Dude, I'd be doing the same thing. Like good weather yeah, comes man. through. Hell yeah. Screw us. Go do that. Yeah. Um so we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about there's, there's going to be a lot to unpack with that episode because he does he does a lot. He um, does a lot. Yeah. I got to finish getting the outline together for that. Uh, so that'll be really good. Uh, we are trying to get another Corn Stars episode out. We're talking to trying to get schedules lined up with Chris Montross. Talk about some locality stuff. Um, cool beans. Yeah. So a lot happening. We're trying to crank it out. Make it happen. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Very excited. When's Make sure. Venomous etiquette or the uh, exchange radio happening. Uh, Venom exchange radio will happen way before Venom uh, Venomous etiquette videos. Venomous yeah. etiquette videos. <laughs> I did not stop. I'm still doing it. Everyone who's wondering. I wanted to do like some 2D animation to show something that is incredibly hard to verbally articulate in terms of snake manipulation. But I realized that I am not a graphic artist and I was getting frustrated and annoyed. So it got put on the back burner temporarily. So I'm probably just going to do it with a live snake um, or snakes, plural, uh, just to kind of show how things are in that regard. So be on the lookout for that in the not so distant future. Um, Venom Exchange Radio, uh, I think... Because we just put out the episode with uh, Matt. Matt, I'm just trying to make sure my dates are correct. So that one was on the first. So look at my calendar because we're pacing everything out. So not this Sunday, but the following Sunday will be Kyle from... Bioken in Kenya. So nice. That'll be that, that's a great show, man. Great episode. He was super awesome to have on the show, and uh, lots of herp history from East Africa, and all the amazing uh, human snake relation stuff that they're doing. And they start a whole venom production facility that they just revamped everything. So 
It's gonna be a great show. So two what weeks. Time, kids. What time are you having to like record these? Like with the time schedule difference between you and Nipper? It depends on who we're talking to. Uh so we basically figured out that if the guest is in Australia, that means it's gonna be about five in the evening for me, ten at night for Nipper, and about seven AM for Australia. Mm-hmm. And then if we're doing East Africa and, and Southern Africa, it's noon for me, f- like five for Nipper and like 8 p.m. for the guest in Africa, which would also be the same for the Middle East. The right. problem is I've got some guys lined up that are in the Middle East and Central Asia and they have blackouts. So, you know, they could say we could say, OK, you know, Wednesday five o'clock your time in the evening you know we'll be there and then they don't have electricity that week because the government cut it off or there's been you know some kind of urban unrest and there's no electricity so what are you gonna do you know and then uh, i'm trying to talk to someone uh, in the middle east that is a legitimate scientist for the government and he has to figure out his english is very very poor but his english is good enough that we could hold a conversation. We would just have to keep it very basic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has to find out what he's allowed to talk about because the government restricts what he says. So obviously it has to be uh, mapped out and I don't want to say choreographed because it's not staged like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But if they have projects or they have, you know, locations or particular things that, they are or aren't allowed to say. We got to figure all that out. So. Is it like Monte Vipera stuff? No, it's more like uh, uh, Echis and Cor- uh, 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 Oxiana. So I need to request a Atheris episode, a Monte Vipera episode. Okay. Bothriacus episode. Okay. And a Coral episode. Okay. It's, dude, we got we got people Mexican snake episode. We got people lining up, man. We're gonna we're gonna a do it. Mini bitus episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's tough, man. It's it's. Do you do you find people that are specializing in a particular type of animal, or do you find people that specialize in their region or both? You know, all we're trying it. to. What's that? All of it. Oh, of course, all of it. And that we're we're trying to get guests that don't have as much exposure as some of the other people in our community that we see all the time. Um, people that you may have never heard of or don't know even existed, you know, that's good for them. It's good for us. It's good for everybody. Just spreading the love, spreading the knowledge, spreading the, spreading the snakes, you know, whatever. I so. really, I was thinking about the other day. I really want to get Jack Vicente on again. You got to do it, man. He was, that, I yeah. really enjoyed talking to him the first time. And, yeah. You uh, gotta, you gotta get him and Nathaniel on same show. Yeah. Yeah. Hell of a show. He uh I don't know, like he he told me happy birthday on Facebook on my birthday. I thought that was really cool because nice. Like he, you know, he pays attention. So yeah. Thought it was neat. It was like, man, we need to talk to him again because I he's just he's such a cool dude. And I, you know, I love corals. So yeah. I just gotta freaking find one. You and me both. I know. I know. Oh, well, this episode was brought to you by. We haven't done a Bolo episode in a while either. Makes sense. That's good. Uh, blackboxcages.com. Check them out. 
follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, and then Puget Sound Pythons, follow them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Uh, all good people, all doing great things. You need to follow all of them. Uh, you can follow them at the link in the description below. We also, we have a Patreon. It's there. No pressure. Just making sure people know about it. And then the raffle is happening. Get your slots before we draw. Are we doing an episode on Memorial Day? Or is there stuff going on? Uh, I've got work stuff in the morning um, that I should be done with in the afternoon. So I don't see why not. So I'll leave it up to you and we'll go from there. Okay. Yeah. So we'll be drawing for that either Memorial Day or maybe I don't know if we'll do the, the Monday before that or the Monday after that. Maybe the Monday after would just be easier. Um, yeah. But we have other cool stuff lined up for the raffle for next month and the subsequent months following. Um, I'll be putting some stuff up once I have stuff hatch. So it'll be worth paying attention to and following. Um, now that we're doing it on the website instead of Facebook, like I'm not as we like skeeved out about doing animals. Um, we are like, I, I'm, I am putting effort into making sure we're getting animals from like people we know that are like, on the up and up and they're providing animals that are of good quality, like not sick or anything like that. Um, so you can trust that it's good stuff, solid stuff. And these freaking tumblers are sweet, man. Yeah. Your hands on one. Awesome. I can't wait to show mine off in Daytona. Yeah. I almost, I haven't used it yet because I want to kind of keep it fresh. What? I, I want to keep it fresh. I want to christen it at Daytona. Hmm. I want to fill that thing full of, you know, hallway hotel ice machine. Just fill it up, get it nice and cold, crack open that bottle of Tangeray and just dump it. Ugh. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but gin is, is light years worse than Jaeger. It's a man's drink. I love Jaeger, but gin... Hard pass. Love it. Just drink some pine salt. Problem solved. Or Windex. <laughs> oh, my God. Same thing. Gross. Well, thank you all to everyone who partook in this evening and is listening and watching after the fact. We love you and appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, this is episode 119. We'll see you all next week. Bye.